Today is March the 18th, and today we hear of the sentencing of an innocent man. Why was someone declared innocent, sentenced to die? Let's find out together as we study Matthew chapter 27. So yesterday, we discovered that Pilate declared Jesus innocent of the accusation of leading a revolution against the Roman government. And yet, the Jewish leaders continued to ask for Jesus to be crucified. Matthew chapter 27 tells us what Pilate's next act was in 2715. Now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. This year there was a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas. Pilate apparently uh, had developed a custom during his time in Jerusalem. During the Passover, he'd take two prisoners and say, here you go, you can have one. Which one do you want? And the crowd gets to choose who uh, is released and who dies. I suspect that Pilate usually chose two people who may have been sentenced either to imprisonment, possibly even to death, but for crimes that were not like sedition against the Roman government. But on this occasion, he saw his opportunity to get Jesus released. Jesus had been flogged, trying to appease the bloodlust of the crowd. Didn't work. So now he says, okay, I get to choose two prisoners. You pick which one's released. There's Jesus, who I'm just said is innocent. Jesus, who has been flogged, is battered and bruised and bleeding standing before you, or Barabbas. Matthew identifies Barabbas as a notorious prisoner. Mark and Luke say that Barabbas was a revolutionary. He was a, a ringleader of elements who fought against the Roman government. Now, you might think that the, the, the Jewish crowd would have liked that, but they didn't. Because, you see, ringleaders like Barabbas just made it worse for them. They got the Roman government riled up, and then they would clamp the screws down. So the Jews wanted a Messiah who would lead them against Rome and defeat Rome, but they didn't want these small ringleaders to be constantly picking, constantly fighting Rome because that just made things worse. John, in fact, calls Barabbas a thief and a bandit. Apparently, Barabbas was just not a good guy. So Pilate presents Barabbas and Jesus to the crowd. Let's pick it up again in verse 20. The leading priest and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released and to put Jesus to death. So the governor again asked, which of these two do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas. 
Pilate responded, What then should I do with Jesus, who's called the Messiah? They shouted back, Crucify him. Why? Pilate demanded. What crime has he committed? The crowd shouted louder, Crucify him. Pilate's ploy doesn't work. Presenting Jesus and Barabbas, the ringleaders had already talked to the crowd and a limited crowd that was very much in the uh, uh, Jewish religious leadership's pockets said, give us Barabbas, keep keep Jesus. Pilate says, what do you want? Death. Crucify him. Kill him. Pilate, in verse 24, when he saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that a riot was developing, he sent for a bowl of water, washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. And all the people yelled back, we will take responsibility for his death, we and our children. So Pilate sent Jesus out to be flogged again, and then he gave him to the soldiers to be crucified. Now, just exactly what is it that's going on here? Pilate brings out a bowl of water and he washes his hands. We have a saying today to wash your hands of something that comes from this passage. It's a metaphor that Pilate is using, a symbolic act to say, I am innocent of Jesus' blood, and yet Pilate is the only one there who can order the soldiers to crucify Jesus, which he then does. The crowd, for its part, says we take responsibility for Jesus' death. And Jesus was sent to be crucified. What's going on here is that Pilate is trying to deny the guilt of Jesus' death simply by denying it, by saying, hey, it's not on me, it's on you. And yet Pilate's the one who does it. How many times today do we try to do the same thing? We try to avoid guilt simply by saying, hey, not my fault. It's not my problem. We wash our hands of it when we are indeed responsible when we are indeed guilty. Now, guilt is a funny thing. There is meaningless guilt. Sometimes we're made to feel guilty when we had no responsibility, especially children. We need to be careful as parents and even as children to not accept guilt for something that we actually didn't do. But if we did what we feel guilty for, if we truly sinned and feel guilt as a result of that sin, the way to get rid of the guilt is not by denying that it's there, is not by saying, well, You wanted it, so it's on you, not on me. 
it's by saying, I accept responsibility for what I did. Going to the person to ask forgiveness for what we've done and doing what we can to make restitution for what we've done. You go to the person, you ask forgiveness, you make restitution, and the guilt disappears. You do what Pilate did, wash your hands of it, say simply, not my problem, the guilt remains. Do you feel guilt today? Take a good look at it. It can be God's gift to you. If you feel guilt for something that you didn't do, just hand it over to God. Ask him to take that guilt away because it is not your guilt. Let go of it. But if you feel guilt for something that you've done, go to the person, ask for forgiveness, make restitution, and you'll find that guilt lifted. I encourage you to like, follow, and subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen to this devotional. Do you have questions for us? Email us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we will ask the question, whatever happened to Judas? Thank you.